かみんなでめちゃくちゃ踊って騒ごう騒ごうへえレイナ
Drew Locke, shoulder injury. Devontae Adams even had a hamstring injury. And this one is the weirdest one. And the first time I've ever heard about it, guys, Damian Tyrod Taylor punctured lung, you would think from a hit, but no, it was from an injection from the doctor into his chest, a pain-killing injection before the game, and actually punctured his lung. I didn't even know that was possible. Yeah, I definitely didn't know it was possible. Obviously, they went too deep with the injection on the rib area where, I guess, you know, the lungs are right behind it. So I, I can see the mistake happening, but from a professional, that definitely shouldn't happen. And you would think that, like when we first heard about, you know, chest pains, we didn't really know what was going on. He was like, oh, I hope Tyrod's okay. You know, that's something that goes beyond, you know, your normal football injury. It's, you know, someone saying, oh, I have to, I can't play because I got chest pains. But to know the reason he couldn't breathe is that when his, his lungs were collapsed due to a mistake by the doctor is just... You can't have it. It's inexcusable. And you would think that doctor has to get fired. And if this affects Tyrod long term, or he can't play anymore, I could definitely see some legal action going on as well. Uh-huh. Yep. That was the first thought that jumped to my mind. I'm like, wow, this has legal action written all over it. But Nikki, you know, these are like the kind of things that, you know, players maybe have to sign a waiver for, you know, if their doctor is taking care of them and God forbid something goes wrong. I don't know if that's in the collective bargaining agreement or whatnot, but yeah, this is a, a major issue and uh, it's going to get bigger and bigger. This is insane. This is the craziest shit I ever heard. Like I've never, <laughs> ever heard of this. Like you have a professional, the team doctor, what kind of doctor were you guys? Yeah, really? What's going on <laughs> over there? Like, yeah, I, I feel bad and, when I heard, I actually heard it on ESPN Radio New York, and I was like, "Wait a minute, what?" And <laughs> did I hear that correctly? That it's insane. That's crazy. Yeah, it really is too bad. A guy that we're all a fan of. I mean, how could he not be? You know, this guy's been somewhat of a journeyman, but wherever he's gone, he's played well. And in came Justin Herbert, who actually did a really good job. And you know, it was hey guys, twenty twenty uh, going into overtime. Look, and the Chiefs managed to escape from LA. See what I did there? The little pun on movies, but Herbert came in and did a good job. So obviously he's going to be starting from now on. And uh, yeah, like it's just really a complete mess with the injuries. Absolutely awful. The Cowboys a comeback for the ages. We'll talk about that one a little bit later. Another bad one. Again, I don't like to get into bad stuff, but just I have to say James White's parents getting into a car crash before the game or the day before. I'm not exactly sure the particulars, but Nikki, oh my God! I mean, he didn't play. Obviously, I, I don't know if I could have played. I mean, what to hear that before the game is just got to be. Are you freaking kidding me? Is this a prank? That's horrible. What yeah. happened? That's terrible. No, that's devastating. And um, I, I wouldn't have been able to play either. I would have been a complete disaster. Oh God, Damien! I mean, you're losing one of your parents and the other one hanging on, you know, for dear life. I, before a football game, football means nothing at that moment. Yeah, no, you definitely understand why he didn't play. There's no way that you can get yourself together within hours after hearing that type of news. Uh, I was so glad to see all the players who reached out to him. Uh, Russell Wilson, his former college teammate, talking about how hard it was for him to play, knowing what his college teammate was going through. Tom Brady reached out to him. So you can see that he's really loved around the league, and he's going to have a lot of support to get him through this tough period. But, man, I couldn't imagine yeah, man, I, I, I can't imagine either. And God forbid, really, that's that's awful. You know, he's a great player and even a better person off the field from what I understand. 
just, just to close out the bad news, and then we're going to have a lot of fun, guys, I promise. Unfortunately, Gail Sayers passed away today at the age of 77. Um, not that we're going to sit around and talk about this a lot. Unfortunately, we didn't get to see him play, but from anybody who did get to see him play, you know, in his prime and whatnot, I know he had a shortened career. He is a Hall of Famer, and he scored six touchdowns against my 49ers in one game. He was that all-around back. You know, we talk about Thurman Thomas or Roger Craig even being that first, you know, all-around running back. It was really Gail Sayers, punt returns, everything. So he's going to be dearly, dearly missed, not by just his family, fans, Chicago, but the entire football universe. So RIP to him and, you know, just, you know, our condolences to the family, obviously. All right, listen, let's try to get a little fun action over here um, before a closeout neighborhood news with the NBA playoffs. Damian, we only got four teams left, man. Both two to one series. The Heat went up 2-0. The Celtics got one back. They're going to try to tie it up tonight. What do you think? This series is one of those series that I think is going to go seven. Uh, I picked the Heat to win in seven to start the series. I think it could be an all-time great series. The first game was definitely one of those all-time greats. We talked about the Bam block as being one of the best plays on defense we've ever seen. And these two teams just match up very well. So I could easily see it going seven. Or even if it's a shorter series, it'll all be like great games. I see another great game tonight from these two. It's definitely just two teams that perfectly match up with each other and make the perfect series. Yeah, they really do. And to me, they're clearly the two best teams in the Eastern Conference. Yes, Toronto, you know, excellent. Milwaukee is a a lot of Giannis and a little Middleton. But these are the two most complete. Got to give a lot of credit to Eric Spolstra. I didn't for a long time. And Brad Stevens, of course, you know, came in and did his thing right away. So, yeah, big series, obviously, over there. We'll see who comes out of the East. And in the West, we got the Lakers, who were up 2-0, off a crazy Anthony Davis three-pointer to close out game two. And then the Nuggets come back last night and have a marvelous game between Jokic and Jamal Murray, who is really becoming an absolute superstar, all-star, everything. Jamal Murray has a complete all-around offensive game, Damian. He can do anything on the floor. Yeah, no, he definitely can do anything. Like you said, he can shoot from the three, mid-range, drive. It's more athletic than you think. He can go in there and jam on people and need it. He definitely has the all-around game. Jokic can do everything. Like, everything on the floor Jokic can do. He's not the best defender, but offensively he has no weaknesses at all. So you have those two guys, you have a chance. And when you play good defensively like they did the last two games, you're going to be in the game. And, you know, Anthony Davis, that game winner, Anthony Davis showing how clutch he is, how he's ready for the moment. I don't know what Mason Plumlee was doing on that play. I know. (laughs) Anthony Davis, and he just ran to LeBron, and it was, I don't want to get super technical about it, but he definitely played it completely wrong. And Anthony Davis got a nice, open, easy shot, and you can't give it to someone of that caliber, and you see what happened. He made it. Yeah. So, but we know with with the Nuggets, what we're waiting on, right? It's 2-1. We need the Lakers to win game four. Right. <laughs> and that's when the series really starts the Nuggets. That's right. <laughs> that's right. If the script holds true, then that's exactly what's going to happen. Expect the Lakers to take game four and the Nuggets to come all the way back. That would be – forget about it. They'll make a movie about it next year if that happens. But, look, the Nuggets can easily be up two to one. And just to say real quick, I was surprised that that play was drawn up for Anthony Davis, let alone from the three-point line where – He's not a great shooter beyond the arc. So I was really surprised that that play was drawn up in that way. I don't know if maybe they mixed something up 
um, you know, during the inbound pass or whatever it may be. But look, all credit to him. He hit it wide open. Like you said, I don't know what the hell Mason Plumlee was doing on that. But they went up 2-0. Nuggets come back for a game last night. It is 2-1 both series. We'll see what happens tonight in the Eastern Conference. So that is NBA basketball while we wait to get to the finals. It's been amazing in the bubble. All right, let's get out of the bubble and breathe some fresh air over here. Talk about football. Week two recap. You know how we do it. This has quickly become one of my favorite, absolutely favorite uh, segments that we got on the show behind Knowledge with Nikki. It's the week two recap where we give a sentence or two or a tiny phrase about the games that we saw over the weekend. And we have our rewind five, the top five that we saw. And we'll get a little bit more into that. So the first game that we got, the Tennessee Titans won 33 to 30 over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Nikki, what do you got for me? <laughs> Go ahead, Dave. So for Tennessee beating the Jaguars, I put that the fighting men's shoes will never give up. Just not good enough to beat the Titans. Ah, not bad, not bad. Pretty clever. I like the way you did that. All right, all right. Nikki might recognize mine a little bit because it sounds like a like a garage band name to me. Gardner and the Minshews played well, but the Titans put some Tennessee Jack Daniels whiskey in their Gatorade, and that's why they won by a field goal. So there you go. That's mine. But they, it, it does sound like a garage band. <laughs> you got that, Nikki, huh? It took a second. It almost went over your blonde hair right there, but you picked it up. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> I, every week it's something different, right? It's amazing. Except Damien gets it, yeah. We get a um, meme every week, like every Tuesday, Monday morning, is it? Like, yep. morning, here's your Minshew meme. <laughs> it is hysterical. I absolutely love it. I love it. Hey, Nikki, did you find yours? Yes, Magic Mustache. Oh, it was the Magic? Okay, okay. All right, I thought you were just going off the cuff over there. Gotcha. I, I, I know we're going to talk about the 49ers Jets, but I, I don't have much to say. San Francisco had to build a brand new hospital for the 49ers players only in that game. That's basically what happened. And if I asked you to wake me up when the Jets scored a touchdown, I might be in a coma for about 40 years. So that game was just a flipping, flopping mess. All right. Horrible. I, I know that that's a game that we'll get into a little bit. But next one is Cardinals against the Washington football team. Arizona took it 30 to 15. People are going nuts about Kyla Murray. Damian, what do you got? Oh, <laughs> that's a shot. I like that one. <laughs> that's uh, yeah. Nikki loves it, right? <laughs> Squashing two NFC East teams at once. Well done. That's killing two birds at one stone. <laughs> I got. We all know about Murphy's Law. I got Kyler Murray's Law. No matter what you do, you cannot stop him. Washington is half as good as Arizona. That's basically it. I mean, it's just nice. terrible. Terrible. What do you got, Nick? Uh, I said, should have known better than to highlight a team in the high five whose logo looks like a five-year-old did it. <laughs> She's so damn clever. I freaking love it. It's great. The logo is so bad. Like, I right, I know, I know. I mean, it's really easy. I mean, I could do one right now on Photoshop and all the yeah. stuff if you want. 
<laughs> Holy Moses, my goodness. Wow. Oh, next one. Next one with our sentence phrase type like thing. The Bucks got their first win 31-17 over the Carolina Panthers. And what I got for this one is I hope the Panthers are Christian for McCaffrey's sake so they can pray for his return. And I got one more other little sentence. Leonard finally averaged more than four net yards per play. Oh, <laughs> me and my pun on words. I can't be stopped. I can't be stopped. <laughs> Bucks, Panthers, Nikki, what's yours? <laughs> That's guy like that. That's clever. I like it. What do you got, Ding? Yeah, I, I can't stop that one. <laughs> so I just, just put that. You know, we have the Bucks back on the winning track. Uh, all right. Well, there you go. There you go. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it's a whole big thing. Like, is it going to be Tom Brady's offense? Is it going to be Bruce Arians' offense? Are they going to mix it together? But look, look, you brought Tom Brady over to win a Super Bowl, not to learn a new freaking offense. So. Let's go with Tom Brady style and figure it out from there, all right? Maybe we'll get into that a little bit later. All right, next one on the list, we got Rams beating the, I don't even want to say it, 37-19 to 19 over the Eagles. Wow. I, I don't know what's up with the Eagles, but Los Angeles rammed their head straight into the heads of the bald Eagles. So that's mine right there. Beat the crud out of them. Wow. Uh, so Rams looking good. Eagles not looking so darn good. Damien, what do you got to say about this game? As Carson's talent went away. Oh, <laughs> sweet. <Yes. laughs> She's like, yes. <laughs> She's like answering the question. I love it. <laughs> uh, Nick, I can't wait to hear yours. What's he, what do you got? Knock, knock. Who's there? Owen. <laughs> 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 well done, well done. Uh, a, a surprising game that uh, seems a little closer to what the score actually was, but the Buffalo Bills and the quantum leap, leap of uh, Josh Allen over there, my boy D predicted, amazing so far. You're right on track with that. People even talking about him as an MVP candidate at the moment and well-deserved, but we all know Russell Wilson's going to win that one. For me, it was very simple. Look, it's two a time. That's all I have to say, Nikki. It's two a time. So, with the Dolphins down 0-2, what do you say about this game with the Bills winning by a field goal? I say Gabriel Davis, steal of the draft. Oh, look at that one. Oh, I think that's a nice one. I didn't expect that one coming out of nowhere. All right. All right. Good one. All right. What do you got, D? I have Allen is digging his new receiver. Oh. Ooh, good one. Good one. That is nice. Very, very nice. Oh, I love how we do. This is so much fun. All right, here we go. Next one. We got uh, we got three more until we get to our Rewind 5. We have the Colts, who won their first game, thank God for me, because I'm high on them this year. They crushed the Vikings 28-11, to and apparently it was the Colts from Indianapolis who made the Vikings extinct. So now we know the answer to why the Vikings aren't around anymore, because the Colts smashed them up in there. That's it. D, what do you got? Whoever signs the checks for life. <laughs> right? 
Talk about nepotism. No kidding. That is family action right there. Oh, my gosh. Good one. <laughs> Nikki, Colts Vikings, what do you got? Well, we know what Nikki does on Friday nights now. That cat's out of the bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, two more before we get to our Rewind 5. Packers, wow, maybe I was really wrong on these guys. They're 2-0, 42-21 over the Detroit Lions. Guys, Detroit has to stop lying to themselves and just move the team to the CFL or somewhere, because they're not too far away from Canada, so they can do something like that. Stop lying to yourself, Detroit. You got a horrible team, all right? So, Damien, what do you got for this one? I think it's the curse of Jim Caldwell. Oh, the curse. How about that one? Yeah, shouldn't have, right? Shouldn't have let him go. Instead, they brought in the pencil and a whole bunch of hair. That's what they did. <laughs> Wow. Oh, wow. Talk about a stat of the day right there. That's a pretty good one. Sheesh. Nikki, what you got? I put errands on fleek. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I love this segment. I love this segment. All right, last one before we rewind five. The Ravens. Wow, again. 33 to the Texans, 16. John Harbaugh press conference. Sorry for messing up your home, but thanks for the party. We appreciate it. Wow, they just stomped on their home. But, man, wow. D, what do you got for this game? What did the Texans do to the schedule makers? Yeah, right? I, what did they do to deserve this one? No kidding. That's good. All right, Nikki, close it out before we're 1-5. Okay, I put $160 million QB and a $10 O-line. <laughs> I guess don't put your money where the offensive line is. Jeez, unbelievable. Wow, right there. All right, breaking down the sentences, the phrases, and all that good stuff for the week two recap. But we got a lot more going on over here on the third and three podcast. It's rewind five time. So that was the five games that we were most interested in going into the week and what happened during the game and everything. So the first one on the list was maybe the best game of the week. And that was the Seattle Seahawks hosting the New England Patriots. Seattle won 35-30 to in, again, an extremely close game, a great game. And it came down to the very end where, if I can write a sentence on this, it would be, can I get just one more yard? Because if they did, they would have won this game. So I another... Another MVP performance by Russell Wilson, guys. Um, look, this game was so fantastic all around. Damian, I, I know you had the pats in this one, and you would have got uh, Nikki and I. It came real close, man. What did you think about the game? Great game. I definitely was rooting for the pats to give me that win uh, at the end there. Uh, for the last play, I wasn't a fan of the last play because – we all understand how Super Cam is, right? His nickname is Superman, and he can, you know, get those yardage, get, you know, the short yard situations he's great in. But why not give the option to run our pass instead of just piling up and letting everybody know, okay, we're doing a Cam Newton run to the left. Yep. <laughs> like, let me 
me just put a smoke signal up. Let me just draw the play out. Yeah, yeah, get the the um highway control people on it. Let them know like we're going this way. We're going this way. <laughs> like I just hated that play. But, I mean, Damien, you're right. Damien, I don't want to cut you off, but you're right. I this I thought the same exact thing. I know that it's worked in the past, but Seattle knew exactly what was going to happen. I, I was very upset with the play call. So please continue. I agree 100%. Yeah, and plus, Seattle even gave them that opportunity. Third and one, you have a chance to put the game away, and you do a deep pass. Now, I understand that Russell Wilson is fantastic, and he's, his deep accuracy is amazing. We saw the throw to Moore, which he hit in the end zone. We saw the throw to Metcalf. But third and one, do a bootleg, get Russell Wilson out, you do a short pass, or you have Russell Wilson one, you know, run for the first down. Don't yep. do a deep pass in that situation. Not yep. only do you stop the clock and give the opportunity for New England to keep timeouts, but you give them all the time in the world to get down there and possibly win the game. So I thought that even though both these teams are excellently coached, there was two very questionable coaching decisions that could have cost either team the game in those situations. But two great teams that will definitely be there at the end when we talk about teams that are, are going to be in Super Bowl contention. I think both these teams will be in the competition all year long. I totally agree with you. And I forgot about that third and one, actually. Um, yeah, I don't know what the heck they were doing right there. I, they don't have Marshawn Lynch anymore, but still get, you know, Wilson out of the pocket, make something happen, you know. So I agree with you. But again, such an unbelievable, it was a great game, well-scheduled game also. Nikki, I know that you can't stay up all night for all these games, but I, I know you got a piece of the action over here. So tell me what you thought about how, again, Cam looking really great with the Patriots. And again, our MVP, Russell Wilson, doing his thing in Seattle. He canned him really well. 397 yards, one TD, one interception. Oh, then he goes ahead, run for another 47 yards. Listen, first road game against Seattle, that is not too shabby. But no, I couldn't stay up the entire night. I did watch all the highlights, and I will say this. It's games like this why I always say sports is the best reality TV, right? It's the nail-biter, it's intense, it's, oh my God, what's going to happen? So these are the games that you love to see. Yeah, to me, it's the only reality TV, and I'm not even trying to throw a shot at you, Nikki. It's This is um, real reality TV. <laughs> Try not to, but this is the real reality TV. You just don't know what's going to happen. You never know. And we weren't sure in the Steelers-Broncos game, but we all did – uh, pick Pittsburgh and it's a little unfortunate because we all like the Broncos and now they're 0-2 the Steelers won 26-21 and this game was a lock as soon as Drew went down now, see I did it again pun on words game was a lock before Drew went down so again so much for our Broncos taking the step this year I you know Driscoll came in and actually did a pretty good job but this disappointed me even though we all picked Pittsburgh I was disappointed that Denver didn't win the game because now they're rowing to like a lot of other teams that we know. And it's really hard to come back from that, Nikki. So this, this was a tough one, but we all got it right. Yeah, no, this was a tough one. And you're going up against the Pittsburgh defense. They are just always in attack mode, right? Like this is a tough defense. I think they recorded what seven sacks on the day. I mean, but Driscoll, I don't know who the hell that kid is. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't awful, but I am bummed. I was hoping the Broncos would at least have a win by now. 
So yeah, I'm a little bummed, but it, that Pittsburgh D is really tough. Yeah, yeah, they are there. They keep showing how tough they are. You know, I know the Broncos scored 21. They got a little hot over there with the backup quarterback coming in. That does happen sometimes, Damian, but Pittsburgh still managed to hold it down at home. And yep, they look like one of those teams, like you said, Seattle and Patriots are going to talk about all, all year. We're going to talk about Pittsburgh all year also. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I'm not giving up on Denver yet, even though that lock's going to be out for a few weeks. Driscoll can play. We've seen Driscoll before come in in situations and put his team in a position to win. He's not scared of the situations at all. So he's going to be a guy who's going to come in there. You're not going to have to change your game plan too much. So I think Denver can recover. I can see them you know, being able to get back to 500 by the time Locke gets back and being around that wild card position. So I'm not going to give up on them yet, even though Orange 2 isn't the best place to be. And for Pittsburgh, like you say, a great defense. Offensively, they look good. Dan Roethlisberger looks good for one of the candidates for comeback player of the year, you know, outside of Cam right now. So you definitely have to look at Pittsburgh as one of those teams to really be there as a true contender going forward. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. They're they're complete. And, you know, if, if they can get better offensively throughout the year, which I think that they will, maybe they'll add a piece midseason. Right, we'll see what happens with that. But, um, no, it was a good game. But, uh, yeah, unfortunate for Drew Locke and the Broncos. But, no, I'm not writing them off either at 0-2. Again, we have an extra playoff spot in each conference this year. So anything can happen. You can get in at 8-8. Eight and eight. You know, who knows what's going to happen this year. But still like Denver as a team. And they played in a tough situation. And they did all right. Again, backup quarterback. So what are you going to do? No Cortland Sutland now. You know, so they got their own problems. There are other teams that got problems like the Atlanta Falcons. And when we come back from break in 60 seconds, Damien's probably going to be laughing his ass off, having a great time. when we talk about the Cowboy Falcon game and what happened in that unfreaking believable third and three podcast. Keep your ass right where it is back in 60 seconds. Just give me the jeans and we be clubbing, y'all. Clubbing, y'all. Y'all are make please and we be tugging now. Tugging now. Sipping Hennessy and we be bubbling, y'all. Bubbling, y'all. Set to mind the teens, we gotta take it slow. So in the city, yes, be floating, no provoking. Call the girls for a poking. I don't want it to stop. Keep going. Man, that is fire right there. I love that. What a choice by Nikki. That's hers right there. Born, uh, well, not born, the year she turned 21. We don't have to give out that information. <laughs> no doubt. Hey, we did it in trashy New York bars also, so it's all good. We had a lot of fun. What a, what a great song. Oh, man, great pick right there. We got more for you also coming up from the year that we turned 21. We're in segment two now on the third and three podcast doing Rewind 5. We did our first two. We got our last three before we get to our teams. Mount Player Player, Knowledge with Nikki, Week 3 Predictions, Fantasy Action, <laughs> we got it all for you guys. I mean, you're in the right place, and you don't even got to pay for it, you lucky bastards. So here we go. Rock and roll. You guys are so lucky. Oh, yeah, we should be charging you for every one of these things. But next game, as I teased a little bit how happy Damien must be with this outcome after seeing the Falcons up 20 to nothing. All right, it's like the game's over. Let's switch over to what's on next. See what's happening. All of a sudden, the Cowboys are coming back and coming back 
and coming back. And Dak keeps rushing for touchdowns and Zeke got his. And the only thing that I can figure from this game is that both teams agreed not to play their secondary during the game because I, I mean, 40 to 39, what are you freaking kidding me? The Cowboys win 40 to 39. Damien, I, I might laugh too much personally on that last play, but talk about the game. But before that, the very la- the very last play before Dallas got the ball back to drive down and kick that field goal, the mentality of the Falcons just encompasses their entire organization, the stupidity of what they did. It seems to be like that for the foreseeable future. Jeez. Yeah, that onside kick again, like Damien explained, the the, the um, receiving team can touch it even after one yard. They can touch it whenever they want and jump on it and grab it. And the kicking team can't until it goes 10 yards. So, again, like you said, was there lack of coaching on special teams where the Falcons didn't know? But even besides that, if you're an NFL player and you don't know that rule by now, get the freak out of the league. What the hell's the matter with you? You had the hands team out there. They practice every week. They know the rules. They know the situation. So everybody, like you said, waited for like it was actually a watermelon on the field. Like, what the hell is a piece of fruit doing over here? What do we do with it? And they waited for it to go 10 yards until they jumped on it. And to me, what it looked like 
was not just a brain fart, but I don't think anybody on the Falcons, Nikki, wanted to be that guy who touches the ball first and screws it up and has Dallas recover. And look what happened anyway. I think I put, I think a lot of players, uh, Damian and Nikki, but Nikki, I want to go to you first. I think that nobody on that hands team on Atlanta wanted to be that guy to touch the ball and to try to, you know, try to scoop it up or jump on top of it and actually fumble it, lose grip, and then Dallas grabs it. So sometimes that psychology gets involved, and I think that happened there also. Yeah, maybe, but I mean, listen, are there bigger choke artists than Atlanta? Like, no. Okay, I thought 18 and choke was bad. Tony Romo in the playoffs is pretty bad. Dion Steele, your line from last night. Would you say somebody didn't check bones for catfish or the, the bones in the catfish or something? <laughs> <laughs> It's a rant with Nikki right there. That's that's basically it. There you go. A bunch of morons Did out there. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I'm glad that you see my point on that one. Yeah, I think at least half the players must have been thinking, I don't want to be that guy, but look what happens. So there you go. Dallas gets very lucky with a victory and Falcons in only Falcon fashion. They do it again and blow this game. They just they can't hold the lead to save their lives. The next game, we got two more rewind five before we get to our teams and Mount play a player. This game wasn't really exciting. But the only thing, well, there were two things exciting about it, except for the horrible thing that happened with the punctured lung to to Tyrod Taylor. That's just obviously awful. Nobody ever wants to see that. But in comes Justin Herbert, and he looked pretty good. 
Now, the game, again, wasn't really exciting. It was 2020, so it was an overtime game. The Chiefs won, and they won because Harrison Butker kicked the shit out of L.A. That's really what happened. He kicked three 50-yard field goals in that game, and that's the reason why the Chiefs won. Otherwise, maybe L.A. Chargers would have won that game. That's why I said the Chiefs escaped from L.A. with, with a win right there. They got a little lucky in that one. I don't know how far we can break it down if it's Patrick Mahomes not doing his thing or if the Chargers got amped up or if they weren't prepared for Justin Herbert. I mean, I don't know where you go with that one, Damian, but 20 to 20 and then the Chiefs eking one out. That that took me by surprise. Yeah, I definitely didn't expect it to be that close. You have to give a major up to the Chargers defense for being able to handle that you know awesome Chiefs offense in that way. They did a great job of putting pressure on Mahomes, making sure that he wasn't able to step into his throws. And, you know, for their offense, they let it go deep, which takes time for those routes to develop. Even with someone as fast as Tyreek Hill, you still need a few seconds for him to get down the field and do his route. And they weren't giving him time to do that. And even with the loss of Derwin James, their secondary still looked good. So the Chargers may be one of those surprise teams this year to make some noise. And with Justin Herbert, you definitely saw the talent there. He's very mobile. He made a few rookie mistakes. There are some box plays where, like, a play action where he went left and the running back went right. Right, yeah. Some, some rookie things happened like that. And also the interception was really bad because he could have easily ran for the first down. Like, he had it by – he could have got 10, 15 yards just running, and he decided to throw it across the field and got an interception. But those things are going to happen with rookies. They have to know what their limitations are on the pro field. That throw he probably gets away with back in Oregon. But NFL, mm. NFL players can take advantage of that. So he's going to learn. Uh, with the unfortunate mishap with Tyrod Taylor, we're going to see Herbert on the field for a long time now. So he'll get a chance to go through his mistakes, learn, grow. And I look forward to seeing what he does going forward because I did see something special in him as far as just his physical talent. And the Chargers defense was good. So I can see the Chargers making some noise in the AFC West. Yeah, man, I I love he's <clears throat> excuse me, I love what you said right there, and he looks like he can play the part along with another guy we're about to talk about in a second over here uh, before we go to Nikki with this game. But yeah, he can play the part, and the Chiefs, uh, you call it luck, call it whatever you want, but you know the two and zero, and they got a big game coming up. Uh, wow, on Monday Night Football, holy Moses, are we going to talk about that one? It's going to be great. But Nikki, the Chiefs again escape uh, L.A. from the Chargers with a 23-20 victory in overtime, kicking a lot of field goals. They weren't themselves. And I guess sometimes you can attribute that where even the best of teams can have a hiccup here and there. Yeah, we all have a, we all have bad days, right? I mean, but I think I'm excited to see Herbert. I'm with you guys. I think he looked pretty good. He threw for 311 yards, and he became the ninth player to top 300 yards in his first game. So oh, that's cool. off to the rookie. Yeah, I mean, he's going to have his rookie moments, like you guys said, but, uh, you know, it's real game-time NFL experience. And while we're talking about records, because Mahomes had to do a break another one, he's won six <laughs> straight games when trailing by double digits, including the playoffs, which, of course, is a record for the NFL. Just amazing. Just amazing. Wow. Save that. If, don't ask that one in knowledge with Nikki, because I'll have that one memorized. I know that about it. But, yeah. Why? Oh, no. Oh, no. I got Oh, yo, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you got calculus for us today. I can't wait to find out what goes on in Knowledge with Nikki coming up probably in the next segment over here. Our last game in the Rewind 5 was a game that I did not expect on Thursday night to be as good as it was. 
even though Cleveland did jump out to a pretty nice early lead, they were looking good. They were running the ball all over the place. The Browns won 35-30 to against the Bengals. So my sentence in there before I just give my little two cents about the game was Joe tried mixing it up with Cleveland, but the Browns were on the hunt as the Bengals hid in their burrow. So that's what I came out with my stupid little mind right there. So put all the names wow. in. Yep. I am a teacher. I am a teacher. And I love pun on words. I love pun on words. So I, I could do that all day. But it, it turned out to be a good game um, more toward the end. Yes, yeah, Cincinnati. Um, you know, we Nikki and I talked about that prevent defense and why everybody has to go up into the hurry up offense every single time they get the ball because it seems they always score. But the point from that game, besides Cleveland winning and they needed that win, is that freaking Joe Burrow, bro, is absolutely a number one pick without a doubt. Even after just one game watching him, this guy is an NFL quarterback. He's a guy who's going to win a championship one day, maybe even in Cincinnati, believe it or not, who's never done it before. Damian, I know you saw the game. I was very – now, he made rookie mistakes too. Of course, we expect that. But what I saw out of that kid, Joe Burrow – I'm like this. They made the right decision. Cincinnati finally got it right. Yeah, no. One of my bold predictions was that Joe Burrow would have a very good year. Yeah, that's right. I mean, two to one T to interception ratio. And when watching him play, you just see the confidence. You see somebody who believes that okay, I'm the guy. Not to bring this team to victory. Now, it's a lot more that goes into it than just him, which we see Cincinnati still needs to work on. But as far as the quarterback position, they have that locked down. You have some good weapons there. They're running back. Um, they have some defensive players, but obviously their front seven isn't that good because Cleveland just ran down their throat. Like, just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, we're going to run the ball now. You ready? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here it you can't stop it. They couldn't stop it. They knew it was coming. Like, they had one drive in the second half where they didn't throw the ball. Just was like, no, that's right. We're not going to throw the ball. You have to stop the run, and they couldn't do it. So that's something they definitely have to work on. And Cleveland, I love their commitment to the run. That's something that we'll get into with another game now. Probably have an angry rant about. But as <laughs> far as Cleveland and what they were able to do, I liked it. But you see that Cleveland still has a ways to go because that's Cincinnati that they beat that way. And Cincinnati does have a building piece for that foundation to go forward. Yeah, no doubt. Well said. All right there. Well, without a doubt. And to close out our Rewind 5, Nikki, yep, I think that's, again, what, what you see with Kevin Stefanski and, again, why they paid Kareem Hunt $13 million over a couple of years to be a backup quarterback because what he did at the end of the game was fresh legs coming in and destroying a tired defense, and they can do that all game because when Nick Chubb needs a rest, here comes Kareem Hunt, a guy who led the league when he was a rookie in rushing. Again, so that's what they want to do is run the ball. That's Stefanski right there, and that's why I believe that they're going to be winning more in the future. But, you know, also to Damian's point, it was the Bengals, but even credit them a little bit with not just Burrow, but the way that they played and hung even hung in there, and even in the first week against the Chargers, only losing by a field goal. So Browns 35, Bengals 30. What was your biggest takeaway, Nikki? Joe Burrow is going to be a star in this league. No doubt. But other than that, I wasn't, like, thrilled that they had him throw it 61 times, right? But yeah. But they, they'll adjust. I 
I am a little suspect on Cleveland. All right, I need to see this more than one time. It's like, oh, oh, we have Odell Beckham Jr. Like, he does this, right? The trade rumors start. He shows up for a game, and he falls off for a few weeks. So, I'm going to give a little credit. I know it was the Bengals, but still division rival. So, you know, they're always going to play you a little bit tougher. Um, But I think Joe Burrow is going to be a massive star in this league. Yep. Yep, I, th- I really think that we can all agree on that right there. He absolutely looks the part already, and I keep joking that he's a 15-year-old kid, but it doesn't matter. He's doing his thing out there, so amazing. That is Rewind 5 for the week here on the 3rd and 3 podcast. We're going to be doing it every week. We're going to be looking forward to the Week 3 matchups. Before we do that, we're going to talk about our teams a little bit, do some play-play play action with you, knowledge with Nikki. So I say let's get into our teams right now. Guys, if you don't mind, let's do mine first because it's going to be like a 30-second one over here, right? There's really not much to say about the game. The 49ers played the Jets on that turf. Nikki, if anybody wants to listen, you should listen to 49ers forecast from yesterday. Nikki gave like a solid seven-minute breakdown on that turf and why players could be getting injured. She didn't blame anything on anyone. She just gave you facts, and it was great. I really enjoyed it. 49ers win 31-13. But the injuries keep plaguing our team. More guys going out. But the light early schedule has helped us. Still able to score 31 points without Jimmy G is a pretty interesting thing. But losing Raheem Mostert, Nick Bosa for the season, Solomon Thomas for the season. Terrible, terrible what happened coming out of that game. But yeah, like expected, we crushed the Jets. There's really not much to say on this game except for that. But now, guys, the 49ers have a whole different sorts of problems and forget the Super Bowl is like something I'm not even thinking about anymore. I just want my, my guys to get back healthy because there's other ones that we need. And that's it right there. We played the Jets. We played the Giants this week. Nikki and I, and I, we're all going to talk about it coming up. But um, look, no surprise, they won the game even with their second stringers, guys. So if you want to say something about the game, go for it. If you don't, I understand because it's the Jets. <laughs> so what else are you going to do? Sam Donald has no help. And, and that's it. That's the bottom line. Jamal Adams is gone. CJ Mosley ain't playing. They got nothing going on. Jamison Crowder is hurt. There's really nothing even to talk about. So let, let's just move on to Nikki's game over here, which is a heartbreaker against the freaking Bears, winning 17-13. Was 17-13 to 17-14? I think. I, I think. Be the lead back, so we'll see what he can do there. But I'm really just 
disheartened and this offensive line is just putrid and I am so sick and tired of seeing it. I, I can't even look at it anymore. I know, Nick. And we talked about it yesterday that we know that they're a team building for the future, one of the younger teams in the NFL. And now losing Saquon, Daniel Jones could really use him. They're going to be throwing the ball a lot now, Damian. So that's just really bad luck for the Giants right there. Yeah, I watched that game, and it was weird because it definitely was a tell of two halves. In the first half, the Bears looked like they were going to just run away with this game, and it was going to be a blowout. Then in the second half, the Giants' defense did step up. As the Bears were not able to do anything, Mr. Bisky, you know, turned back into himself, and uh, Slipper came off, and he was no longer Cinderella. <laughs> and, and then, you know, if the Bears' offense looked like the Bears' offense again, as the Giants had a chance to win the game at the end. They did it. They did have a chance to do that. Um, but with Daniel Jones, he does hold on to the ball too long. I know that I said on my podcast, it's a lot easier for us to see an open receiver on TV that is for QB to see it. But that's their job. They have to see the open receivers. They have to get the ball out. And they don't get the ball out, protect the ball. So you have to do those two things is what Daniel Jones really has to concentrate on. Um, but as far as the organization, I, I understand Nikki's frustration. But as far as Bears fans, they definitely should not be excited about their 2 and 0. I think it's the weakest 2 and 0 that's out there. Oh yeah, and we're going to see him come come back down to earth pretty soon. Oh yeah, Fraud. I, yeah. Fraudulent. It's totally fraudulent. <laughs> yeah, by far the worst 2 and 0. There are only two teams that are better than the Bears right now, and I can name five off the top of my head, but we won't do that and waste time. So, yeah, that's unfortunate all around for the Giants right there with that one. But the one bright spot that I'm seeing is their defense. I know they haven't played offensive juggernauts really yet. Although Pittsburgh is a pretty, you know, darn good offense. Their defense is improving. So that's a good thing. We got a lot more giant talk coming up, obviously. But let's go to the Monday night football game. I know you don't want to, Damian. This really is all yours right here. But I just want to ask a couple of questions inside of your synopsis of the game. Is Michael Thomas that important to the team? And is Drew Brees, you know, I, let's not forget about the age thing. Is Drew Brees not as good as he was last year? Or do you attribute it to a bad second half? What do you, what do you say? Well, for Drew Brees, I got a lot of slack or a lot of flack last year for saying that the Saints should look at moving on to Bridgewater. Oh, I saw there's been a decline in Drew Brees the last couple of years as far as something you pointed out as far as his arm strength. And he's been able to make up for that because he's so precise. And he knows defenses so well that he's able to get the ball out fast. Get hit the receivers in stride and get them in good position. And on Monday night, we started off great. The reason we started off great was because we were running the football. Alvin Kamara. He was great. Murray, picking up big chunks. And we started off, got off that 10-0 lead, 17-7. And then we did not commit to the run. So when you look at the stats between the Raiders and the Saints in this game, the big difference is the commitment to the run. The Raiders stay committed to the run. And even with Josh Jacobs only averaging less than four yards per carry, he still stayed committed. Right. Where they were able to get used to other players, use it for play action. And, man, that dude, Darren Waller, oh. a monster. <laughs> an absolute monster. I couldn't really get mad at the for not being able to stop him because he's so big, so fast, so strong. There are plays where we had people right there, and he was just shoving him out the way. Like, oh, get yep. out the way, little man. Yeah. Go catch the ball. <laughs> Yeah. Times <laughs> like that where you really couldn't do anything about it. Um, Henry Ruggs, I'm not really impressed yet, but he does provide a threat. He did because he's so fast. Janoris Jenkins felt like he had to hold on him for a very big pass defense 
towards the end of the game that really yep. made the difference. Yep. Okay. With the Raiders, it comes down to Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller. Can you stop those two guys? We couldn't. And the Raiders did a great job of just executing and being more physical than us. But I'm not going to panic. Um, they had a great stat during the game where they said that the Saints have had great regular seasons, but they never start 2-0. We haven't started 2-0 since 2013. That's right. Right. To get into our groove, to find our rhythm. And week one, our defense played well, but our offense was just okay. This week, our offense started off great, but didn't finish. And our defense just got kind of dominated a little bit there by the Raiders. So I think it's going to be a learning experience. Hopefully we can learn fast because we're going to get some nothing great offense this week in the Packers. Um, so hopefully this, this film can help them out. I'm not going to panic. Um, for Drew Brees, he's a veteran. He'll be able to adjust to some of the physical things that are going on as far as his lack of arm strength just by his knowledge of the game. It's not like he's throwing complete ducks. It's not like Peyton Manning-esque, you know, Peyton Manning's last year. Uh, he still has you know, good spiral. There's going to be times where certain throws he's not going to be able to make, but he'll find other options. So I'm not panicking. I think it's a good learning lesson going forward for us. And Vegas might have a good team this year. They may be one of those surprise teams. Yeah, you know, I, I was down on them this year, and so far they're looking, ec- well, I don't want to say excellent, you know, 34-30 in the first week against Carolina. who doesn't have a great defense, but very impressive. Monday Night Football's starting 2-0, and the Las Vegas Raiders, which is just amazing. That stadium is freaking awesome, by the way. Wow. Oh, my God. I love the black seats. The black seats are so cool, man. I love the way they did that. But another thing out of that game, Derek Carr looked really good also. You know, Nick, also, if you saw that, Derek Carr was looking good, and it was all Darren Waller. They don't have anybody else to throw the ball to. They made it happen. And, yeah, I'm also wondering, where the hell's Emmanuel Sanders? What's going on? Yeah. No, that's definitely a very good question. Uh, he only had one catch now towards the end of the game. Uh, Traquan Smith definitely stepped up. Traquan Smith was playing the position that Michael Thompson normally played. He stepped up. I love what I saw there. But Emmanuel Sanders, this is supposed to be his time to shine. I don't know if defensively maybe they were taking away Emmanuel Sanders, you know, maybe putting help over the top. But they may have been doing to where Traquan Smith became the guy. Um, also, Jared Cook, you expect him to step up in that situation. They have him being a big target. Having those routes that are close to the line scrimmage for Drew. Uh, Alvin Kamara definitely did his job. He was the, the bright spot of the game for us. But you definitely need a receiving threat out there. And Michael Thomas, sorry, I didn't actually answer your question at first. So Michael Thomas is definitely very important to the offense. You know, he broke the record for catches last year for a reason. And picking up Emmanuel Sanders is supposed to take off that pressure. But we don't expect Emmanuel Sanders to be the number one guy. Right. Now, Trey Parn Smith. We're going to see if he's ready to step into that role. He's been there since the third year in offense now. He's a very quick guy, very fast. Um, and he hasn't lived up to expectations yet. So I like what I saw Monday night from him. Hopefully he can continue on that path. If he is able to improve throughout this time without Michael Thomas, he'll make us a lot better once Michael Thomas comes back. Because then we'll have three legit threats there. I also like what we do with Deontay Harris, our um, part return specialist. He's very fast. Very quick, like a four-two-forty type guy. Yeah. And when he comes into the game, people are use him in different situations to just throw off the defense, take the top off. Even though you don't believe in Drew's ability to throw downfield, you still have to respect the fact that Gatti Harris is out there because if he catches it, he's gone. So that's something that we can add to the offense as well. And I just wanted to run the ball more. Like we realize Drew is no longer the 2009 Drew Brees, so run the ball more. Make it to where Drew is no longer asked to do too much. 
No doubt. If you're running the ball like you were, like we were killing the game running the ball, and we just didn't commit to it. Stay committed to the run game, and that will to where we need to go. Yeah, well, we know how the Saints love to pass. And, you know, again, yeah, don't get, uh, you know, R-E-L-A-X, as Aaron Rodgers says. You know, relax over there in New Orleans. You guys are all good. As we close out the second segment over here, we're going to get into Mount Player Play. We got fantasy action, knowledge with Nikki. <clears throat> we still got week three to, uh, coming up to uh, get into. Hang in there, third and three, coming back in 30 seconds. Yes, yes. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. The music over here, rock and rolling. Third and three podcast. Damien's choice when he turned 21. Tell us about how much you love this song, bro. Love it. Love it. That's great. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Glad you guys are joining us over here on third and three, the third and three podcast to get presented by the sports column. Go to the sports Check them out. Submit your article. You want to be a writer? Go for it. We're going to take a look at it. Now we are ready for Mount Player Player. And last week, it was a really good idea by Damien to do two positive, two negative from what we saw in the last week in week two. So we're about to do that. Right now, go around the horn, get this bad boy going. Like I said, we got fantasy for you. We got week three predictions. We got it all. So let's get moving over here, ladies and gentlemen. Now play a play, two positive, two negative. Nikki, why don't you kick it off? Whichever one you want, positive or negative. All right. But, D, I smell a good Mount Player player uh, in the off-season. Our favorite hip-hop albums. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Sorry. You know I get sidetracked. So, my first positive is the Ravens. I love how they are forcing teams into questionable decisions. That forced down attempts, that fake pump by the Browns in week one. They pressure teams into these decisions out of fear that they can't keep up with the Ravens. And they can't. And teams know that they can't trade possessions with them and win. So they try to get too cute. And you just, we talked about psychological aspects before. I think this is just all of it in a nutshell. So here's to the Ravens and forcing those teams into those very questionable decisions. I think that's very, very well thought out right there because you're right. You have to completely adapt to that team, that offense, and even that defense. You got to adapt to what they're doing with Lamar Jack. Is he running? Is he throwing? Who's getting the ball? Where's it going? What's happening? Yeah, no doubt. I like that. Very well done right there, Nikki. That's a, that's a really, really good one. Well thought out. All right, Damien, let's get a positive from you. So for one of my positives, got to go with my man, Quantum Leap. 
Don't blame you. Josh Allen, man, 24 for 35, 417 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions against Miami. You know, not to even mention his rushing yards. He's definitely doing doing it big, man. And him and Stephon Diggs, like I mentioned earlier, are really starting to find a connection there. So I love it. Josh Allen. Hey man, you've been right on that one from the get-go, right before the season. You said a quantum leap, and so far he is definitely doing it. So that's an absolute positive. And for the Bills as well, 2-0. A great one right there. All right, one of my positives is something from Damien's book over here. And I have to admit, not that I was uh, negative on it or anything like that, but I'm surprised, happy, and amazed of the marriage of Cam Newton and Bill Belichick and the Patriots organization. I know they lost last week in Seattle. That's a tough place to play anyway. But the way that they are playing, and I know they beat Miami week one, but it's working. It's fitting. Josh McDaniels is having a party every time he's going over the playbook saying, oh, my God, I could do this. Oh, my God, I could do that. I could run this play. I couldn't do that with Tom. I could do it with Cam, though. And it's working, man. And their defense is playing well so I don't like giving shout-outs to the Patriots at all, but because Cam is there, and he got there late, named captain. Everybody's loving him, and he's backing it up on the field. Cam Newton, bro, you are positive all the way. You're playing fantastic, and big ups to you, man. I'm cheering for you all year long. Yeah, I definitely love that pick as a positive. You got to love what you're seeing from Cam in the passing game. Um, Chris Collinsworth pointed out during the game, he don't know if he's ever seen Cam be this accurate and have his mechanics look this good. And with the raw talent that Cam has, if you have give him the right mechanics, you see what the result is. Like, he is killing it. They need more weapons because he's definitely going to drive Edelman into the ground. Edelman looked like he was exhausted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The game. He was going to Edelman over and over and over again. But... If they get more weapons, that offense is going to be truly unstoppable. I'm telling you, man, really, it is, it is something else. It really is something else. So, uh, Cam Newton, big ups to you, bro. You're doing your job out there, and well done. Keep it going over there. Keep it going. But, uh, yeah, we're still pretty high in the bills over here, so we'll see what happens. All right, um, let's do uh, negative. Nikki, you got a negative, or you want to go for another positive? Well, I'll go negative. I sure do have a negative. <laughs> organization as a whole i'm sorry i have to go there it's all i've heard in my area on sports talk radio so just and i'm sure we all feel the same way but what in god's name is going on over there like we had said jay we talked about last night i mean sam darnold this kid has nothing like there is nothing to work with and i hate to see talent wasted i don't know what you want this kid to do i don't understand the management decisions like at this point why don't you just let the fans tweet in what the next decisions should be (laughs) i bet you it would be better than the absolute disastrous mess that is going on there chris johnson their owner i don't know what else you need to see to understand what you're doing is not working but hey by all means keep doing the same thing over and over again because that's not the definition of insanity or anything (laughs) (laughs) i love it what what are they doing Nikki, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, it's mind-boggling. Obviously, Jamal Adams Jamal Adams won out of there. There's no C.J. Mosley. He opted not to play. Sam Donald's got nobody to throw the ball to. We were talking about it, like you said, last night. What the heck are they supposed to do? And 
the, the biggest thing, what I love what you said, is that Sam Darnold, he is such a good quarterback, and to waste talent like that on this crappy organization, Damian, I'm with her all the way. This is a waste. It's, it's really unfortunate. Yeah, you know it's bad when you're playing against a team that gets injuries after injuries, and you still just can't get in the game. Like, nothing's helping you get into the game at all. And like you mentioned, they were playing against the backups for the 49ers, and it still wasn't a good game. It was like varsity versus JV. Hmm. Yeah, the Jets organization just isn't good. Adam Gase, I don't know how he got a second coaching job after yeah. the first one. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> we don't know how it's going to go going forward. But yeah, the Jets organization definitely is a negative. So I agree with that. That was the other thing I wanted to say. Uh, I think Adam Gase is gone. I, I don't know when. It could be in a couple of weeks, a couple of months, or by, by the end of the year. But I think Adam Gase is done uh, as the New York Jets head coach, which was a mistake to begin with. And his giant freaking eyes, weirdo. Anyway, uh, let's get to a negative from uh, from from Damien over here. Your turn. So for my negative, I did a little pun on it earlier, but Kirk Cousins, man, 11 for 26. 113 yards, three interceptions against the Colts. Now, it wouldn't be so bad if the Colts didn't get just strutted by Minshew Magic the week before, and you know, he only had one incompletion against them. So when you say Jacksonville, who was supposed to punt the season, is playing like this, again, then you compare it to Minnesota, who was supposed to be a contender for a division going in, and they're playing like this. You have to look at the QBs and what they're doing. And when you compare the weapons that Minnesota has compared to what Jacksonville has, there's no way Minshew should be outplaying the $84 million man hmm. in Kirk Cousins. <laughs> 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 that, you know, Kirk must be Cousins with whoever signs the checks in the NFL because he just keeps getting paid and has shown very little to be a guaranteed contract guy. So that's my negative is Kirk Cousins, man. Yeah, absolutely. How is he making this much money? How? I hear you. Hey, even Case Keenum took him farther than, than Kirk Cousins ever did in these, uh, you know, three and a half years over here or whatever it's been. So, yeah, it's rough. You score 11 points against the Colts. I know they got a good defense, but still, give me a break. You got Dalvin Cook back there, even Matt. Nikki, yeah, that's uh, that's a rough one with Minnesota. We all, Me and you picked them to win that division, and looks like we made a mistake. They're 0-2 right now. That's kind of ugly over there, so that's definitely a negative I wrote down more positive than the negative, but my negative is pretty obvious, and I'll just say it real quick. It's the freaking turf and, and the 49ers' injuries and what happened to our team over there. Yeah, we walked away with the win, or I should say limped away with the win, or carried out on a stretcher with the win is the way that it happened. And no, I can't blame everything on the turf. I'm not going to go crazy. And Nikki is really more the expert in that than I am, of course. And again, listen to that 49ers forecast. You really broke it down. It was a great job, but... All the losses, and it's not just – it's who it was. And Nick Bosa and Solomon Thomas and our starting quarterback and our best running back, these guys are all getting hurt. So injuries for the 49ers and injuries around the entire league is my negative, guys. I don't even think we need to say more than that. So let's move on to a positive for Nikki. Oh, okay. What are my positives? Here's to getting your mojo back, Tom Brady, okay? I feel like – He's feeling himself. He got his timing down. The offense is starting to click. I feel like we got Belichick Brady, not Bruce Arians Brady. So you know what? I like to see it. He made his adjustments. Everybody wanted to count him out week one, and we made comments. Oh, he will get every bit of 43. But guess what? He adjusted 
Yeah, and it makes sense. And, you know, the key thing that you said in there, Bruce Arians' offense or Tom Brady's offense, you don't bring in a six-time Super Bowl winner who went nine times to the big game and try to change what he does all of a sudden at the age of 43. It doesn't make any sense. So run Tom Brady's offense, and they'll have success, Damian. So I'm with Nikki. Yeah, no, he definitely looked good in this one. Uh, I definitely want to see what happens going forward. Now, of course, as a Saints fan, I don't want to see him look too good. <laughs> but, but I like to see him looking good and being able to prove some of the doubters wrong who think that he, you know, was over in the cliff in the famous words of Max Kellerman about three years ago. Right, but, right. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he definitely looked good in this one. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. All right, so that's definitely a positive there. So let's get to another one. What do you got, D? So for my second positive, I'm going to have to go with your man, Aaron Jones. Ah. Absolutely killed it. Green Bay, 18 carries, 168 yards, two touchdowns. Also had 68 receiving yards with a touchdown and helped Green Bay destroy Detroit 42 to 21. So I definitely had to give Aaron Jones some love. Oh, no doubt. I mean, yeah, look, he, he was fantastic. I don't have him on my fantasy team, but in our fantasy draft, yeah, I picked him and he had a, a hell of a game. So he did his thing like I thought Aaron Rodgers did his thing in week one. Uh, Aaron Jones did his thing in week two, even though Aaron Rodgers had another great game. But yeah, man, you were the one who called it. You said Green Bay is going to win that division, and right now they're 2-0, Vikings 0-2, the Bears. Who cares that they're 2-0? It means absolutely nothing. So you're looking pretty good on that one right there. And, yeah, Nikki, what what more can you say? The Packers offense, um, yeah, there's something to be reckoned with. Yep, Aaron's on fleek. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, wait, I have Aaron Jones in our league, I think. Yes. Yeah, lucky you. He killed it this week. Yeah. Yeah. God, he killed it. Yeah, Nikki's on top. She's the number one ranked in our in our fantasy league. We'll talk a little bit about that later, but she's got the most points. She's two and zero, and she's doing great. I'm sitting in third place, I think, somewhere. But yeah, well, maybe we'll chop up a little bit on that later. I'm gonna do a positive now that you have to rewind the clock back a couple of years to today and what we're seeing from this gentleman. I'm gonna credit and give a positive to Cliff Kingsbury for saying that he would take Kyler Murray number one in the NFL draft when a lot of people laughed at him when he could have played baseball, Kyler Murray, and him being five foot three and all this stuff. But you know what? He called it. He nailed it. Kyler Murray is fan-freaking-tastic already an MVP in the conversation or even offensive player of the year, whatever you want to do. But you see what this kid is doing, and when he gets outside the pocket – Watch out. So, Kingsbury, you hit it on the freaking head immediately. Kyla Murray looked like a rookie for a little while last year, started coming around the second half. But right now, out of the gate, Damian, he is almost flawless. Yeah, now I watched that whole game, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) Living here in Arizona, you know, so it was the main game on at the time. And Kyla Murray had it all. Uh, his, he made some throws. There was one throw he made where he was running towards the sideline and just had to fling it on the run, 50 yards down the field uh, to Christian Kirk and was able to hit around the money. So the talent's there. He doesn't have the massive arm like, say, a Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, but he does have enough of a good arm to get the balls there and make all the throws. And you missed the mobility, being outside the pocket. And the way they spread the, the field out with the formations, it makes it impossible to have a spy there to just watch him the whole time and things of that nature. So his offense is made for Colin Murray. So it's definitely some big ups that are deserved for Kingsbury to make that bold decision of going with the small QB 
um, going forward. So I like that positive. Right. And and it is a bold decision to do that, Nikki, no doubt. A smaller quarterback, you know, you're not sure. Obviously, he was fantastic in college, but look what he's doing in the NFL right now. So, you you know, call Cliff Kingsbury a prophet and Kyler Murray, just an amazing athlete, quarterback, football player, everything. So that's working out in Arizona. I'm not happy about it. <laughs> you're right i know i gotta talk to cliff we gotta exchange jobs over yeah, here you're streaming that out. <laughs> i love it i love it all right so we each got one more negative we're gonna get to um and then uh we're gonna get into knowledge with nikki and we got a little fantasy action so let's do our last negative over here maybe we'll spit out a few more that we had written down so nikki go for it Media, I got an issue with you, okay? Uh-oh. I do not consider it to be a prediction two weeks into the season that you're going to all say, oh, Russell Wilson's the MVP. Really? How is that a prediction? We're talking about bold choices. We started this train in June, okay? Now you're all hopping on it. That's not a prediction now that you already have a sample size. You know what? That's like Biff Tannen going back in Back to the Future 2 with the sports oh, almanac and winning oh, in 1950. Oh, I love it. Oh, my God. That was great. God bless you. Oh, my God. I am telling everybody I know what you said. That is unbelievable how you did that. God bless you. That was so great. That was so fantastic. Man. Oh, God, I, I'm not following it up at all. We're just going to Damien for his negative because that was freaking great. <laughs> that was flawless. Yeah, that definitely was a great reference there, throwing that rant. I definitely agree on the mainstream media getting on things late. And like I said, sometimes I feel like they got a spy listening to us. But it's all right. We, oh, yeah. We appreciate you listening. Thank you for listening. Right. Subscribe now, as Damien would say on his show. That's it. There you go. There you go. Subscribe now, rate it, do all that good stuff. But for my negative. Uh, so many things that were negative this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but for my next negative, I'm going to go ahead and go with Philadelphia's defense. Just getting demolished. So two weeks in a row where basically for the last six quarters, you look like trash, right? So against the first half against Washington, they look great. Up 17-0, and then that turns around and give up 27 unanswered points to Washington. And against the Rams, they were just never in it. Jared Goff was out there looking like a young Dan Marino, just throwing all over the field, no pressure on him, just relaxed. He could have read a book in the pocket if he wanted to. <laughs> any, type of, any type of pressure on him, and he looked great. Um, Jared Goff, you know, three touchdowns, no picks, no turnovers, looking awesome. Philadelphia was supposed to be a team that contends for the NFC East, and I know that Nikki thinks I'm a little too hard on the NFC East, but – I feel like the whole division is trash. And, <laughs> and I feel like Philadelphia is going to be right there in the trash pile in the middle of it, you know, ready to light the fire for the dumpster. 
<laughs> Boom. <laughs> Hey man, I you got no arguments over here. They're they're putrid. They're horrible, and that signing of Darius Slay is really not helping out. So that was a nice waste of money they did over there. Not, not his fault, you know. They got a lot of other defensive problems. No more Malcolm Jenkins. He's back with you guys on the Saints. So, yep, I hear you, Philly. Get it together because your offense ain't that good either. One more negative before we get to knowledge with Nikki. I can't wait. And, ah, God, there's a million ways I can go in this. But I'm just going to say real quick, it's the Falcons coaching. You're up 20 to nothing, and then you're in the situation with the onside kick, and you don't have the capacity or the knowledge to tell your players what to do, even though they are pros and they should know what to do. That's why you have 38 coaches on the NFL sideline for different things, special teams, offensive line, running unit, quarterbacks, whatever it is. got to contact your players and let them know what's going on and run the ball, kill time, do what you got to do. But Atlanta never learns from their lessons, and the Kyle Shanahan ghost continues over there with the 28-3 to comeback. They still can't hold the lead, and that's a major negative right there. They just they can't do it. They just flat out can't do it, guys. So it's really pathetic. And, yeah, I, I don't know if you want to add anything onto that, but even scoring 39 points, Atlanta can't win a ball game. Yeah, and that was a great stat from Adam Schefter. They're the first team ever to score 39 points with no turnovers and lose. Right, right. Freaky kidding. Exactly right. Exactly right. So you got to be coaching, and I'm not exactly sure what the heck they're doing over there, but it sure as heck is not coaching. All right. So we'll, we'll see in the future with that one. It's going to get nuts, but it's really going to get nuts right now. We got some serious business going on, and I think you guys know how it starts. This speech is my recital. I think it's very vital. All right. That's right. On time. Here we go. Tricky, Nikki, Tricky, Nikki. All right, Nikki, it's your time to shine, babe. It's knowledge with Nikki time where she has her crack at me and Damien over here. Ready to go head to head. Damien, you took, you took it last week. I'm ready to roll, man. I'm 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 on fire right now. I'm ready. I know you go first, so I'm going to try to steal as many as I can if you can't answer them right. So let's do this damn thing and get into it. <laughs> you got to watch what you say. <laughs> Okay, okay. All right, Damien. Here you go. <laughs> okay, who's first? Date? You're first this week? Yes, I am first. 
All right, here we go. First question. We have four total leads. You see how I help you guys a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> keep that challenge going. All right, Damien, what is the most common first date on the planet? Oh, wow. So I'm guessing it's during the fall. So the most common first date on the planet. Most common first date, right? Oh, birth birthday. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So, I'm guessing that there's a lot of people who were conceived on Valentine's Day, which means that they were born in November. So, I'm going to go November 14th. Oh, Jay, you want to try to steal? Okay, so just again, so I got the que- so I got the question correct. What is it one more time? The most common birthday on the planet. I'm going to say, and again, this is just a guess. Uh, see if we can get closer. September 27th. September 9th. Oh, September 9th. Okay. No, nah, I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. No, nah, I don't think so. No? Nah. Okay. Well, you're the judge. You call it, but I don't think so. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, that's a very good question. Wow. Um, I only know of three. I'm pretty sure there's more than that. Yeah, I know I know the red, the yellow, the green. Um there's more than that. Um so I'm gonna go with eight. Okay, you wanna try to steal? Yeah, I um this, I'm like going biblical over here with the number 12. 12 apples. 7,500. What? <laughs> Dude, no way. Wow. I only know three. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's great. Oh, for sure. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Good one. Oh, that's great. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Let's, uh, let's move to question three. Okay. So fall is soup season. By 2025, the soup industry is forecast to be valued at how much? Oof. Wow. Um, I'll probably undervalue it because I'm not a soup guy. Uh, oh. But the soup industry, uh, this is a total stab in the dark. I have no idea how much soup is worth. Um, so I'm going to go with $1 billion. Okay. So the, the soup industry by 2025, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I, I'll, I'll take a crack and say $1.3 billion. Woo, wow. That's a lot. Wow, my goodness. This is some crazy knowledge right here. I'm, I'm getting I'm getting smarter. At least I'm getting smarter. I'm getting more knowledge. I'm happy with that. All right, D, it's your last one. One more for you. Here we go. Squirrels fail to recover from a what percent of the nuts that they bury? 
<laughs> this is great. Like I said, I, I definitely, you know, felt bad saying that about the NFC East. And uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm up for that. <laughs> so, the percentage of nuts that are not found by squirrels. Yeah, um, they fail to recover, yeah. I'm going to say they fail to recover 50% of the nuts that they hide. No, Jay, you want to try? Just because I, I know you. It's got to be something insane, like 98%. It's not 98%. It's 74%. Oh, okay. Okay, it's still high. All right. But you know what? It actually helps the oak cars regenerate, so it's not such a bad thing. Oh, more knowledge right there. How about that? Allah, look at this. Bringing out all the knowledge with Nikki. I love it. I love it. All right. All right. I know we can pretty much guarantee there's no other show in the world that has that going on. There's I, any kind of show. I don't care what you name. That's freaking. Yeah, you don't get this knowledge anywhere. I bring the turf, the apples. That's the right. Trivia, all types of shit. Oh, the first name of the fantasy team. Where are you getting this? Nowhere else. Right. That's right. That's what it's knowledge with Nikki because she's the only one who knows this stuff in the whole world. It's amazing. <laughs> That and Google, all right? The only two sources you can go to, and maybe Alexa once in a while. Oh, this is so freaking fantastic. We are going to continue with Knowledge with Nikki after this extremely short break. Right back with you on 3rd and 3. Taking shots in here. You Yeah, yeah, bringing you back in for segment four on the third and three podcast. We're doing knowledge with Nikki. She just kicked Damien's butt, and she's about to do the same to me, I have a feeling. And we also got more for you guys on third and three. We got fantasy action. We got week three predictions. We got name that play. We did week two, rewind five, neighborhood news. You get it all right here. Forget about those four-letter networks and all that other stuff. You get it all right here on 3rd and 3 with me, Nikki, and Damien. That's where it goes down. So, Damien, I know that was a tough one right there. I'm hoping that I have a little bit better guesses going on with Knowledge with Nikki. It is my turn, and Damien is going to have his chance to steal if I get it wrong. So let's hope I can get a half a point at least somewhere. Nick, Nick, I'm ready for you. Let's go. Oh, God. <laughs> I, re- I have no idea. Um, let's see if my memory bank brings me somewhere for a second. Johnny Appleseed. Ross t- Boss Tweed. What? Boss Tweed? Yeah. What? He's an actual, he's like some historical figure. So I'm trying to rhyme. I have no idea. I don't have a clue. What was that, Johnson and Chapman? That's pretty funny. I don't know. What do you think? Do you take a half a point? Uh, no. No. Okay. 
Wow. Okay. Let me try to be logical. App a gallon ounces. How many apples would it take? Let's say a pint. I'm gonna say like forty-two. Do you want to try? Uh, I'm gonna go with one hundred. It's forty. Really? Oh wow! That should be a point. I'll take it. Okay. Okay. Wow. Lucky guess. I'm trying to like picture squeezing out the apples and all that crap. I'm like, whatever. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready. Here we go. Th- number three. Number three. What is the most common allergy trigger this time of year? I'm, I would guess pollen. No. Nope. Amy, you want to try? Uh, I'm going to go with. Uh, so are you saying what causes allergy or what, uh, what allergy? The reaction. Yeah, what's, what's the most common allergy trigger? Yeah, what's going to trigger your allergies? This time uh, of year. Um, grass. Oh. <laughs> Ragweed, which is very close, so I think you should have a point. Okay, cool with me. Go okay. for it. <laughs> Tie it up. <laughs> Tie it up, man. I'm all about it. This is a family show right here. One, one. And we got, what's the last question now? This is the this big is the one. Last here we all go. Right. Here we go. Babies born between September and November are most likely to live to what age? Holy crap. Okay. So, all right, we'll see what your radius is. From September to November, they're likely to live to what age? All babies, no matter it's female, male, or anything, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um,. And is this like any recent, is it like from 2000 on, or it's just like a stat that you saw? So we're going with it. We're going with it. Okay, we're going with it. All right. I'll say the number that popped in my head, 76. Do you want to try? I feel like September through November, it was stress-free lives by going to my horoscopes. Oh, look at you. (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to go with 85. 100. 100. Oh. Yeah. Shout out to September babies. Yep. There you go. How about that? Well, what did I say? That concludes the fall, the fall trivia. And just in case anybody wants to know, the most athletic kids are also born between September and November. Oh, wow. Okay. Knowledge with Nikki. <laughs> Major knowledge with Nikki right there. Wow, how about that? All right. Well, a little math earned me a point, and Damien's interesting thinking got him another one. So tie it up for the week. How about it's our first tie? How do you like that one? All right. Nikki, thank you. Always a great job. We have no idea where the hell you're coming from, but we love it. (laughs) Yeah, right. I'm telling you, man, I, people are going to be doing research on apples for an entire week after listening to the show. That is amazing. That is so funny. Oh, gosh. All right, guys, moving on. We are doing our freaky fantasy football draft, and we're including a defense this week, actually, and every week for that matter. So we're going to include a defense as well, which will be coming around in the last pick. So let's make sure that we got our NFL games up and ready to roll so we know the schedule. Uh, just in case we want to make a second guess if somebody steals our player for whatever reason. 
So, are we guys ready to do this thing? We're ready for the snake draft? Yes, sir. Okay, well, here's the deal. Since I'm not trying to brag, I won last week, so I go last. Um, it was a tough one, actually. Nikki finished. I won. Uh, first, I had Dak, Aaron Jones, and T.Y. Hilton didn't do much, but Dak and Aaron Jones killed it for me. So, I ended up winning that one. Damien, you had Aaron Rodgers and Kamara, who did great. Robert Woods didn't show up so much. Nikki uh, took uh, your boy, Josh Allen, who was a monster next to Mo Sturt, who she also had. But Paris Campbell didn't show up. So I go last. Um, and here we go. So the first one to go is Damien. Quarterback for you. Who do you got, bro? Okay, so for my quarterback this week, I'm going to go with whoever's going against the Jets. So let me go. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good call. As my quarterback. That's a good call. That's so funny. Yeah, right. Pretty much. That's the, that's the best way to go. I mean, it's going to – except for yeah. three times, it's going to be the same quarterback every time. So that's not bad. Yeah, they're playing the Colts. So I guess Phillip Rivers, that's your quarterback. All right. Yes, so sir. Damian going with Phillip Rivers. Nikki, your turn. All right. I am taking the magic mustache himself. Oh. Carter Minshew. All yeah. right. I really like this matchup against the Miami defense, and I think he's going to be slinging it all over the field. I can totally understand that. Yeah, we can see a lot of points scored on Thursday Night Football, no doubt, and we'll make our predictions coming up. Um, I have a lot to choose from. I have a lot of guys I wanted to go with. Phillip Rivers was one of them, and um, while he's – you know, going hot right now, I, I got to go with Kyler Murray. So I'm going to take him as my quarterback this week. So I'm going to go with Kyler Murray, a quarterback. So I get to snake it around and go from my running back. All right. So with Kyler Murray, Arizona, they're riding hot right now, playing the Lions. I feel good about that one. So my running back for the week, I'm going to go with my 49ers against your Giants defense. I'm taking Jarek McKinnon without Raheem Mostert. So I'm going to take McKinnon for my running back. Which leaves Damian up for... I'm sorry, which leaves Nikki for her running back. I apologize. I am going to take, even though I think Chicago's fraudulent, I think Atlanta's even more fraudulent. So I'm going to take David Montgomery for my running back. Um, Falcons defense has allowed four TDs to opposing running backs, and um, I think he's going to have a nice game. That's a pretty good stat right there. Okay, that's good. Doing your homework kind of helps out sometimes. That's why you won week one. Not bad. Good job. All right, Damian, you get to do the snake around. You get your uh, running back and then your wide receiver. Okay, so for my running back, uh, like what I see from Pittsburgh in their running game, I don't like what I see with Houston in their defense. So I'm going to go with James Conner on my running back. Okay. Okay, not a bad pick right there. Very good. James Conner. All right, going against the Texans. We'll see what he can do. And now you get your wide receiver. So for my wide receiver, I'm going to piggyback off you a little bit, going with Kyler Murray. I think him and DeAndre Hopkins mm. have a very good thing going on. So I'm going to go with DeAndre Hopkins as my wide receiver. I can't blame you. He did his job again last week, got in the end zone, putting up fantasy points for me. I appreciate that in another league. So, all right, D-Hop right there. you got a nice lineup going on so far. Nikki, it is your turn to pick your wide receiver. Yeah, I'm going to take Tyler Boyd. He seems to be Joe Burrow's go-to guy. 
And uh, the Eagles really struggle in the middle of the field. That's a good sneaky pick. He had something like seven catches for 72 yards or something like that. So with the PPR and everything, not bad. I like that. Okay, good pick. All right, I get to do my wraparound snake action with my wide receiver and then my defense. My wide receiver, I am all over, okay, because it's, if I got this right, the Seahawks are playing the Cowboys this weekend and that putrid secondary. So I'm taking DK Metcalf as my wide receiver. I think he's going to have a monster freaking day. I really do. Now that brings me snaking around to my defense over here for the very first time. Here we go. Defense. This one's kind of coming out of left field, but it's because of who they're playing. I'm going to take the Chargers. And Damon, you alluded to how well they played even last week against Kansas City. So I would expect them without Christian McCaffrey in the lineup to do a pretty good job against the Panthers offense. So I'm going to take the Chargers defense this week. So, Nikki, it is your turn to pick a defense. Yeah, I, um, I'm going to take Pittsburgh's defense. Like I said, always in attack mode. They're up against, uh, you know, Houston. So, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Pittsburgh this week. Okay, not a bad choice. Yep, against Houston. Uh, we'll see what they can do. They're having a rough one so far. All right, Damian, close it out, my man, with the defense. Who are you going with this week? Washington. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Cleveland's defense this week to do pretty good against the Washington No Names. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no Names. The logo the five-year-old did. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. All right. I like it. Well done right there. That is our snake draft for the week. Week three coming up. We'll see who wins this one again just to run it down. And you can always listen back. I got Kyla Murray, I got Jared McKinnon, DK Metcalf, and the Chargers. Damien's got Rivers, James Conner, D-Hop, who might break the receiving record this year. Oh, oh, I don't know. And the Browns defense. And then to Nikki, she's got Garner, Mr. Mustache Minshew, David Montgomery, a very sneaky pick, which I like right there. Tyler Boyd, too. I like where she's going. And the Steelers defense, which is always on point. So we shall see what happens. That is a snake-freaky Fantasy draft right there for week three, which brings us to our week three predictions. So here we go. We got our high five, which, of course, we're going to save for last. And to get into our predictions right away, we have our Thursday night game coming up, which we were just talking about. It's Minshew Mania versus, I don't know, a big freaking beard and an 0-2 record. So the Dolphins are in Jacksonville. Guys, I don't want to break it down too much. I don't think two is coming in this game, obviously. I like the Jags a lot, what they've been doing lately, but the Dolphins are dying for a win right now, and I think that they're going to do everything in their power to make it happen and win by a field goal. So I like the Dolphins on the road in the same state, winning 23-20. to 20. What do you think, Damian? Wow. Oh, great man. Great minds think alike. I pick Miami 24-21. I think they're a good team who ran to really two really good teams to start the year. So I think they get this win over Jacksonville. All right. So, Damian, you got Miami as well. All right. Nikki, what do you got for this game? No, I got my boy Garner Minshew. Ah. I, just, uh, I don't think Miami will outscore them. I think, you know, so I think it'll be close. I don't think they'll outscore them. They struggle a little bit on offense. They tilted a little bit into the Jacks' favor. So I have Jacksonville 30, Miami 26. And that's one of my locks. Oh, okay. So we're going to lock it up. We're locking up the Jags. Circle that one for Nick. Very interesting. Okay. 
All right. Uh, Dolphins hungry for a win. Uh, the mustache playing really well, looking better than a lot of people thought. We'll see what happens. All right. So you're riding solo on that one. Next game on our list. Oh, Washington versus the Browns. Okay, here we go. Wow. Very interesting. I'm not sure if I really want to watch that game so much, but it's on the list. And since Washington is pretty bad, they're putrid, and the Browns may be riding high off a win, their first one of the season. I think they take this game 24-18. I think they're going to rush the rush again for over 200 yards as a tandem with Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt. Damien, what are your thoughts? I'm going with Cleveland as well, 27-14, and you can lock it in. All right, lock up. Oh. <laughs> like it. All right, so there's our lock. All right, we got two locks, one from Nikki with the Jags and Damien with Cleveland. Okay, Nikki, your turn to pick this game. Washington or Cleveland? Yeah, uh, can you believe it? I'm going to pick Cleveland. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, they, but Cleveland, like, they really can't afford to, like, lay an A here, all right? So take that momentum and keep it going. I have Cleveland 27, Washington uh, 17. Yes, yeah, sir. If Cleveland loses this game, then uh, I'll even give up right away. I mean, that'll be bad. I, there's, no, there's no excuses at all, as you like to say. All right, let's get on to our next one. The Bengals at 0-2 going to another 0-2 team in Philadelphia, the Eagles, and their terrible team. <laughs> uh, you know, the Bengals on the rise a little bit over here with Joe Burrow. Is he ready to go into another stadium even without fans and win a game? I think he is ready, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be a close enough game where the defenses make a couple of weird plays based off of batted balls or whatever it may be. So I do like the Philadelphia Eagles to win this game in a close one with Burrow trying to make a comeback at the end. Eagles 27, Bengals 23. Go ahead, Damian. Yeah, I got Philadelphia getting their first one as well, 20 to 17, and a very good one. All right. All right. So another close one. Nikki, you thinking close game? Uh, yes, but I have it going in Cincy's favor, 27, Philly 23. Okay. Okay. She picked Cincy for the second week in a row. It seems like she's the Cleveland fan like I am with the Browns. She's the Cincinnati fan over there. All right. Very interesting. All right. Next game, a 2-0 team versus an 0-2 team, and it can even be flip-flop because they're both weird and I don't understand, but it's the Bears at the Falcons. So the Falcons in their home dome, is that going to give him help? Yeah, guys, I actually think so. The Bears, look, even though the Falcons' defense pretty much sucks, uh, the Bears aren't going to score more than probably 21 points. And the Falcons, we know they can score despite stopping the other, the other teams. So I'll give the Falcons a 27-17 to 17 win in this game, Damian. Yeah, I'm going with the Falcons as well, 21-18. to 18. Like I said earlier, I don't believe in the Bears. Even though I don't believe in the Falcons, you can call this the don't believe bowl. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going with the Falcons 21-18. I like that. I like the don't believe bowl. Nice. All right, Nick, what what do you say? Yeah, really, it's a fraudulent bowl. But I'm with you guys of Atlanta 34, Chicago 24. All right, so we're all on Atlanta. We're agreeing with that one. All right, um, I've yet to make a lock, but they're going to be coming up soon. All right, next game is Texans at Steelers. Again, Texans very hungry for a win. Steelers look like they're back in charge, playing ball. They're at home. They're in Pittsburgh. But I think the Texans are going to win this game. I think Deshaun Watson has a game for the ages. It's going to be one of those games where, huh, how did that happen? I got the Texans winning comfortably. 30 to 20 
because I think their offense is going to explode this game. So I got the Texans in an upset, guys. What do you think, Damian? Well, okay, I like the boldness of the pick. I have to disagree, though. I got Pittsburgh winning 27-20. Houston, I don't think, is a bad team, but I think it just ran into a horrible schedule to start off the year. Yeah, they sure have. There's no doubt. And again, another 0-2 team who was just dying to win a game against a 2-0 team who may be getting cocky, Nikki. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, this is an interesting game, right? Steelers, they've won against two bad teams, and Texans have lost against two really good teams. They give the edge to the Steelers, a little bit more of a complete roster. Pittsburgh 27, Houston 21. All right, so I'm riding solo. I'm the lone ranger on that one. Okay, let's move on to our next game. Excuse me. The Tennessee Titans, who are quickly becoming my least favorite team in the league for some reason. I don't know why. But they're playing the 0-2 Vikings in Minnesota. Again, another 0-2 team. I told you guys I don't believe in the Titans that much. I think the Vikings defense is pissed off at the way that they've been letting teams score on them. And I think they're going to do something about it this week and get a home win in a rather low-scoring game in today's NFL, 20-17. So, um yeah, probably uh, an upset pick right there with the Vikings, but I got them 2017 over the Titans, Damian. I'm going with Tennessee in this one. I don't believe in the Vikings at all. Probably can tell that I'm not the biggest fan of Kirk Cousins with the stuff that I said earlier. <laughs> <laughs> going with Tennessee 27 to 17. Okay. Okay. So comfortable win for them. What do you think, Nikki? Yeah, I'm going Tennessee 28, Minnesota 23. All right, I'm Lone Ranger in again over here. Okay, I have a feeling we might be all on the same uh, train on this one. Panthers at Chargers. All right, Justin Herbert's time. On the other side, no Christian McCaffrey. What's going to happen? I think a Chargers blowout, 26 to 10, Damian. Okay, no, I definitely can see that with the Chargers defense playing that well. I'm not going to go with a major blowout, but I definitely have the Chargers winning. I'm going to go 24-14. Okay, all right, and Nikki, what do you think? Yep, I got the Chargers, 26, Carolina, 20. All right, so like I figured, we're all going to agree on that one. All right, we got three more till our high five. The next one, (laughs) Jets at Colts. Okay, not much more to be said, but it's my first lock. Ding, ding, ding. Colts, 31. Jets somehow score 16 points, but the Colts are my first lock of the week of three. So there you go. Damian, what do you got? I'm going Colts over Jets. And my second lock. lock ah, out. all right. Jets, 28 to 14. Very good, very good. Okay, Nick, what are you saying? Uh, well, I'm going Indy here. 34, Jets, 23. It just so you guys know, the line is, like, I think it moves to 10 on this. Like, if that just doesn't tell you what a joke the Jets are, I don't know what does. I know, you ain't kidding, really. I know, I know. It's not like uh, Indy's, you know, a powerhouse, but... Hopefully getting better. We'll see. All right. So uh, nobody's on the Jets over here. And that is definitely my lock and Damien's lock as well. That's his second. Here comes my second lock, guys. We got the Lions at the Cardinals. Kyler Murray is my fantasy quarterback for this week in our little freaky fantasy draft over here. I got them winning, but I got them winning in a really close game. I think the Lions are going to give them a run for their money. I honestly do. But the Cardinals, I have no doubt, are going to win this game. 35, but Detroit is going to find a way to score 31 points. So I'm still locking the Cardinals in despite I think it's a close game. I just think Arizona being home with all those weapons, they win, lock it up, Arizona over the Lions. Okay. Now I'm definitely going with Arizona over the Lions as well. 
not as close. You guys know how I feel about Matt Patricia. Can't trust him. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going with Arizona as my third and final lock this week. All right. So we agree on two of them. How about that? All right, Nikki, what do you think? Yep, I got Arizona uh, over Detroit, and that is my second lock. Okay. All right. So we all got two locks in, I believe, right? Or Damien, you got your three in. Damien got three, Nikki got two, and I got two so far. I still got one coming up, and it's actually going to be in the high five segment, as a matter of fact. Our last one before high five is the Bucks at the Broncos. So, Denver, again, thirsting for a win over here, a mile high. Tampa Bay coming in, not completely healthy, not completely ready yet. It doesn't seem they should have won by Mora over the weekend. But I think that they're good enough to beat Denver, even in Denver. It's going to be a close game. So I got the Bucks 20, and I got the Broncos 17. So the Bucks for me in this game. What do you got, Ding? Yeah, I'm going with the Bucks as well over Denver. I still believe in Denver is a good team. It's hard to say that with me predicting I'm going 0-3. But I got Tampa Bay winning 31-20. Yeah, it's, hey, man, it's sometimes it's just the way the schedule falls out. We can think all we want, and then it's like, wow, look, look what happened. They ran into this juggernaut and that juggernaut. So there you go. Bucks at Broncos. Nikki, you give Denver any chance? Backup quarterback? Uh, As okay, there you go. Third lock of the week. She's locking it up in the Bucks. Not a bad one right there. Not a bad one at all. They're on the road, but um, yeah, we all feel confident that they're gonna win this game. So let's see what happens. And now we are ready to get into the last five games of the week, the high five. So here we go. Our high five. The first one. The Raiders actually made it into the high five because they're two and oh against the Patriots, who were two and oh. And, whoa, didn't expect this one to be a big game, but how about it? Wow. So we saw what happened again Monday night. The Raiders seemed to come together, the running game, even the passing game. The Patriots played Seattle really tough in Seattle. So I'm looking at, I wouldn't say an evenly matched game because I believe the Patriots are a better team all around, and the Raiders are not going to be able to do what they did on offense against New England's defense And that's the reason why I'm going to take the Patriots in this game, guys. I got them 31-24 because I don't think the Raiders are going to be able to keep putting it up and putting it up. But I think that Cam and his team, Julian Edelman and whatnot, they're going to be able to score time and time again. So I'm going to take the Patriots in one of our, in our first high five over here. Damien, what do you think? I think this is going to be a really fast game because you have two teams who want to run the ball, control the clock, they're not going to rush to the line of scrimmage to get to the next play. And it's not going to be boring because of that, but it's going to be a game where you look up like, dang, it's already halftime already. Hmm. It's definitely going to be, it's going to go by pretty fast, but I think New England is going to be better at that than Las Vegas because when it comes time for them to pass the ball, they have Cam Newton, Las Vegas has Derek Carr. And that's going to be a difference in the game. And the fact that you can trust Cam Newton more than Derek Carr. So I got New England winning 24 to 14. Okay, so both of us are in New England so far. Uh, Nikki, do you think it's going to be an upset? No, I don't think it's going to be an upset. Yeah, I mean, Derek Carr, he played smart football, but it's just not going to happen in Foxborough. I think the pass control the line of scrimmage, right, the game tempo with their run, they can hang in in a high-scoring game and Cam's passing game, and they're just going to be more prepared than Vegas. So I have Patriots 30, Vegas 24. Okay. All right. So we're all in the Patriots in the first high five game. Our second high five game is 
one of my favorites of the week. I'm very interested to see what happens when the Rams travel to Buffalo to take on the Bills, both 2-0 and right now. And when you look at the lines, it's a little confusing. You think the Bills would be favored by a little bit more, but they're not. And that gives me pause to think. I wonder why, with their strong defense, with the way Josh Allen's been playing. So I read into it a little bit, and here's the problem. I think that Josh Allen's going to be on his butt a lot in this game, and I think that the Rams are going to be able to pass the ball because they got a lot of receivers out there, and Goff and them are getting their stuff together, mixing in the runs in the 20-yard line and whatnot. So I think they're going to be able to move the ball and kind of stun the Bills in this game. Guys, I'm going upset with the Rams on the road and winning big 28-13, Damian. I know that's shocking you guys right now, but with the way the Rams are going and the Bills only won by three against the Dolphins, I'm liking the Rams a lot right now. I can see that, but it's hard for me to believe in the Rams because their two victories have come over the Cowboys and Eagles in that trash in FC East. So it's hard for me to truly believe in them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go with Buffalo in this one. I think that Buffalo's defense is able to slow down the Rams. And offensively, they're able to do enough. You mentioned that Buffalo's offensive line will definitely be tested going against Aaron Donald and that defensive line. So I don't have Buffalo winning by a lot, but I, think, I do think they pull it out 24-17 Buffalo. All right, so Damien and I disagree. So, uh, Nikki, you, the, the rubber match, as they say, you take it home. <laughs> yeah, I think Buffalo, um, they're finally tested this week, right, which is what we all kind of want to see. Um, yeah, the line, I mean, it's just going to show that this game is a toss-up, so I'm going to give the edge to the home team. I think this is really, really, really close. Buffalo 28, Rams 27. Yeah, I want to keep my eye on this game. I think it's going to be excellent. Like you said, it's going to be their risk, their first real test, no doubt about it. All right, now we got the Cowboys going to Seattle in our high five over here. Uh, guys, Seattle, again, Russell Wilson, MVP. I'm not going to go too much into this. Cowboys are not playing well. They got very lucky last week, as we know. Seattle's been playing fantastic, near flawless. I got them winning this game 34-25 to because Dallas can score, but it'll be a comfortable win for Seattle, Damian. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I got Seattle winning 30-20. to Like you mentioned, Dallas can score, but Seattle's defense has stepped it up, and Dak Prescott, as good as he's been, doesn't provide the same threat as Cam Newton as far as it goes with being able to score many points against Seattle. So I got Seattle being able to shut them down, not completely, but slow them down. Seattle 30, Dallas 20, Russell Wilson with another MVP-type performance. All right, well, there you go. He's riding with us over there, Nikki. All right, Nikki, you pick this one. We got two more after our commercial break. So, Nikki, let's get your thoughts on Cowboys and Seahawks. Who wins? Dallas 24. Listen, Dallas can't feel too good about that game because you only won because Atlanta doesn't know the rules. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> that was funny. I like that. When you come out of nowhere, I don't expect stuff. That's beautiful. Yep. Uh, yeah. I think Seattle's going to be taking care of this one. We got two more high fives for you. It's the Packers and Saints and Chiefs Ravens. Guys, we have a 30-second commercial break. We are coming right back for you. So hang in there. Third and three podcast. Nikki, Damian, and Jason, we're with you till the end.
Oh man, we're killing it right now. 21 seems to be the birthday of the freaking hot ass songs, man. It's loving this stuff. Third and three podcast bringing you the music, the sports, the laughs, everything that you want. That's why you listen to us, and we appreciate it. Thanking all of you guys out there as we continue with our final segment of the evening with the 21-year-old theme music theme over here that we got going on. We did our parlays. We did our We Rhyme 5. We did a lot of Week 3 picks, but we got a few more to get to. We got Name That Player, maybe a couple of little other things with fantasy, and then we're going to call it a night, watch football tomorrow or the rest of the weekend. And you guys will see, out of our beautiful records that we've had so far going on, Damien, two weeks in a row, can't knock 10 and 6, man. That's very good. Like, like no joking, if you were obviously betting, you'd be winning every single time. So you've been 10 and 6, two weeks in a row, which is awesome. I had a, We all lost that Monday night football game, which absolutely blows my freaking mind. I would have been 15 and 1 and jumping all over the place. So I went to 14 and 2. Nikki had another good week at 13 and three. And I think that we're all actually tied now because my first week I was terrible. I was eight and eight. So after all that, I think that we actually ended up tied after all is said and done. So yeah, we're all uh, making some pretty decent picks over here. No losers, man. We just give you the winners. So if you want to make that money, come talk to us. We got you. It's all good. All right. We want to continue our high five over here. Our next game is the Packers at the Saints. All right. This is a freaking huge game. And I went back and forth. And then when I really started thinking about it, I started thinking about how well the Packers are doing this year. I know it's been against, you know, two 0-2 teams, but even so, they're doing their job so well. Then there's the Saints who had, to me, it was more of a hiccup last night, missing Michael Thomas. I don't know if he's going to be ready for this weekend. I'm not sure at all. I don't know if you know more, Damian, but I want to hear about that from you. But when I look at it and when the Packers play in a dome in games like this, they seem to pull it out a lot. And I think that we got a road win over here with the Packers. And I'm that confident that they're going to beat the Saints. And again, I'm not taking a shot. I really believe it when I look at the offensive line versus the defensive line on both sides. I believe the Packers have an advantage and can get to Drew Brees. I'm taking the pack on the road 35 to 31, and I'm locking it up. I know it is. I know. For me, for looking at this matchup, I got the Saints winning 35-31. I think the Saints bounce back. Usually what they'll do is, is you don't really see them lose two in a row in this this current run that they're in too often. So I think that they take what they didn't do against Las Vegas, take that to the matchup against the Packers, who are due to have an offensive game where they're not scoring 40 points. Like they're due to just come down to earth just a little bit. So I got the Saints winning 35-31 in a very good game where we see a little bit of the finish Drew Brees in this one. All right, so we actually have the same exact score, just the opposite winning teams. All right, Nikki, break the tie. Um, I will break the tie. I think this game comes down to the two best players on the field. And no, I don't mean Rodgers and Brees, Jones and Kamara. I think we're going to get 
little bit of a shootout maybe, but ultimately I'm going to go Green Bay 30, Saints 24. Okay, so you're going to go with the road team on this one with me. All right. All right. So and and high scoring. We got them all high scoring. This is definitely one of the games of the week, guys, to keep your eye on. There's no doubt about it. So I'm going to watch and dig up as much as I can of this game. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. So, yeah, I'm locking in the Packers. And that is a scary lock on the road against especially a team like the Saints. But I feel really confident after analyzing it as much as I did. Let's get to our final high five before we get to our head to head matchup. Between me and Nikki, 49ers and Giants, we got Chiefs at Ravens, Monday Night Football, the one that everybody's been waiting for. And guys, it's definitely going to be an awesome matchup. But I think at some point in the third quarter, late in the third quarter, the Ravens start to take control on defense and on offense. I think the Ravens are very dynamic offensively where they're going to give the Chiefs fits. Now, we know the Chiefs have plenty of offensive firepower, but they're going against against the best defense in the league, in my opinion, and probably in most of people's opinions as well. So I got the Ravens at home taking the Chiefs down 26-16. to Damien, what do you think? Yeah, I'm with you. I got Baltimore winning a little closer, 27-24. But I think they're able to control the ball with the running of Lamar Jackson along with the running backs to control the ball. And that defense will be able to slow down Kansas City just enough. So I got Baltimore with 27, Kansas City 24. All right, we'll see if home field means that much. We're both on Baltimore. Nikki, what do you think? Yeah, I have Baltimore winning 33, Kansas City 27. Look, I think no matter who loses, you can't really walk away and feel too bad about yourself. These are two great teams, but edge to the Ravens in that defense, they're going to have an answer for Mahomes rather than uh, Kansas City having an answer for Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I totally agree, and I think that's really what it's going to come down to, and I think that's why they're going to end up pulling away. Um, yeah, the Chiefs, again, obviously they, they are a great offense, not the greatest defense. They've shown size of improvement, but gosh, I just think this Ravens team is as close to as unbeatable as we've seen since the 2007 Patriots, who Nikki loves. That's probably her favorite team of all time winning that. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, let's get into Nikki's. Yeah, I know, right? Well, yeah, you got to love what happened at the end. Unbelievable. Unreal. What a season. What an ending. But the last game we're going to discuss right now before we get to name that player and call it a night is a head-to-head matchup between Nikki and I. It's the 49ers at the Giants back on the same damn turf. Nikki, we broke it down a lot last night. So again, guys, for more info with the turf and everything and the game and the breakdown and all that, listen to 49ers forecast as well. But for here, 49ers at Giants, we've lost so many guys now, Nick, that I, I really don't know what to do anymore. And the Giants, as you know, as quote unquote bad as they are in other in people's eyes, they're not anywhere near as bad as the Jets. Okay, they're not. The Giants can score. We know they can. The Bears have a tough defense, as did the Steelers. So do the 49ers, But now they're not there anymore. So now I'm scared that Daniel Jones is going to have time in the pocket to throw the ball and connect with whoever it's going to be. I know that Sterling Sharp is out right now. Maybe they use Deion Lewis in a lot of different ways, but I don't think the 49ers can do what they normally do and play four in the front and seven in the back 
and here we go. Let's play some ball. They're going to have to blitz now, whether it's from the corner or bring five or six, and that can leave guys wide open, and even your nap man, Evan Ingram, can have a big game in this game. I'm going to shock the shit out of you right now, and I'm telling you the Giants are going to win this game 28-17. Yeah, I really, really do. Oh, MetLife, it's like it's the last place on earth the 49ers want to be, right? Yeah. Like, oh, God, feel bad for you guys. But look, we, yeah, we did. We broke it down a lot last night. Like I said, the Giants, yeah, they're obviously going to have to be passing more. But if the Niners can get their run game going, keep the Giants' defense one-dimensional, I think they pull it out. Either way, I do think that this game is going to be a little bit better than people think. Um, Giants are desperate for a win, and you can't count that out. But San Fran is just the better team regardless. I have the Niners 23, Giants 20. Okay, so you do, all right. Look, I hope you're right. I really do. <laughs> I, would, I would love to overcome and, and win this game. I'm just very skeptical about it right now. I went into the season very optimistic. But when you lose players like this, it's a nightmare, Damien, and that's what's got me so scared going again, playing on that same turf. God forbid we get more injuries, but again, the players that we're putting on the field, even against the Giants, has got me worried, bro. Yeah, and I definitely understand being worried, but honestly, I think your backup QB is not too far behind Tim Garoppolo as far as his ability. That's not saying much. <laughs> <laughs> And it wasn't a shot. Like, I, I like the back of QB a lot. And um, I think that he'll be able to do just enough to beat the Giants. So I got San Francisco winning, with, even with all the injuries. I got San Fran winning that game 24 to 16. God, I, I would be more than happy to take the loss in our, you know, when our record's over here with that, guys. I pray that you're right. I really do. But, yeah, I, I guess just being a skeptic for such a long time at the Niners before last year is coming back again and eating me alive right now. And, yeah, I'm fearful that Daniel Jones is going to take his shots and we don't have Richard Sherman back there to help cover or anybody else for that matter. And that's what's really worrying me. And if Sterling Sharp were on the field, then I might even lock the game up. But I'm not going to go that far. But, yeah, I think the Giants are going to win this one. So, again, I hope you guys are right and I hope that I am wrong. That's the way it's going to go. We have our locks of the week already locked in. Damien's got Cleveland, Colts, Arizona. Nikki's got Jags with the Minshews, Arizona, and the Bucks. My locks of the week, I went a little crazy over there with the Packers over the Saints on the road. Took a shot. We'll see what happens. Also got the Colts as my lock along with Damien over there. And my other lock is the Cardinals over the Lions. And now we are going to get into name that player. Did we all do one this week? Yes, sir. All right. All right. Well, I say we keep the same order. It's been working out pretty good. This one may be a little bit tougher because you guys have been getting them and doing a really good job. But same thing. I'm going to say it once, and I'm going to repeat it while you guys are thinking and pretend the Jeopardy music is on in the background. Here we go. Name that player. And that's P-L-A-Y-A, by the way. All right. Name that player. I was mostly a career backup quarterback. However, I did start at quarterback and win a Super Bowl. I played for three different teams. I had 94 touchdowns and 71 interceptions in my entire career. And my career ended 
before the year 2000. I'm going to say it again. And I know you guys are thinking, because it's tough, we're thinking about those quarterbacks who weren't so good and managed to come in. But the big clue here is that the career ended before 2000, was mostly a career backup quarterback. However, he did start in the Super Bowl and won at quarterback, played for three different teams in his career. And in his career, he had 94 touchdowns and 71 interceptions. Can you name that player? Foles until you said you said he was done before 2000 right he ended his career. yep done before 2000 so it's not um, so it's not that guy from Baltimore you're thinking of <laughs> yeah I know I almost was like nah nope that's not it <laughs> nope I don't know do you're gonna have to help me out here I'm drawing a blank as well it's a little tough it's tough yeah it's not look I'll, I'll tell you this it's not it's not 70s it's not back that far and it's it's really not back that far you guys know who it is but the clues are tough one more time and if we don't got it I'm gonna say it and then you're gonna go ah here we go I was mostly a career quarterback a career backup quarterback but I won the Super Bowl as a starting quarterback played for three different teams my career ended. Before the year 2000, I had 94 touchdowns and 71 interceptions in my career. And if that's a little bit of a clue, that shows you not that long of a career and not being a starter. So if that helps at all. So give it, guys, a couple of more seconds to think. If you don't got it, it is a hard one. But I think you might say, oh, damn, at the end. So let's see if you want to throw a guess out. Nikki, you got anything? No. Nikki, I'm disappointed in you. Jeff Hostetler. Jeff Hostetler. Oh, oh my God. That's the guy. It's late. I know it's going back a little bit. We're going to 1990 over here, but it did happen. And, you know, we we, we can all remember it. I know it was a tough one, but you guys have been getting the other ones pretty easily for that matter. So I had to step it up a little bit this week. I know that was tough. Jeff Hostetler is not normally a question to a trivia, yeah, a trivia answer to a question, but there you go. So that was a tough one. So if you guys want to get me back, I'm ready. All right. I guess I'll go next. Um, so for mine, this QB is a four-time pro bowler known for his experience And he's going to be able to do anything it takes to get the win. Let me start that off. Let me start it off. Right. So this fourth footballer is known for his vigorous experience. And he can do whatever it takes to do to get the win. And he made his mark in the playoffs at Lambeau Field. I think I know who it is. Okay, so just again, uh, quarterback, Pro Bowl four times, known for his experience, and I know, and that was very sneaky. I think I picked up on that. Does whatever it takes to win. The Lambeau Field is what got it for me. I'm going to say Michael Vick. 
And do you have a guess, Nikki? That's right. The experience. That was very good how you snuck that in there. That was very, very clever. Very clever. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. I, I'm not sure I would have got it without the um the, the Lambo one. That was that was the clue because that was legendary. Green Bay had never lost a playoff game until Michael Vick and the Falcons came in there and shocked the crap out of them and won that game. So, yep. I remember that game like it was yesterday. Amazing. Amazing. So, good question. Good call. All right. All right. Nikki, you ready to close this out? Okay. I played on a team that scored more than 500 points. I caught more than 1,000 passes in my career. I won the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award in 1999. Who am I? Whew. Okay. So I was on a team that scored 500 points, won the Walter Payton. I caught more than 1,000 passes in my career. I won the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award in 1999. Okay, I'm going to say Isaac Bruce. No. Do you want to try? No. Isaac Bruce was a good guess. Hmm, I really thought it was him. Wow. I don't have a clue. Who was it? Chris Carter? Chris Carter. I, yeah. I, I knew it. At the very end, I knew it. I Damn. Ah, you know how I get. I get mad at myself. I just, ugh, yep. Chris Carter, 1999. I started thinking about the Vikings and all the points they scored, and I didn't remember Isaac Bruce winning uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. That's a good question, Nikki. Very, very well done. Very well done. That was a good question right there. That was tough. All right. All right, so that's name that player. I went a little hard on them uh, this time. That, that Jeff Hostetler one was not an easy one at all. So that's name that player. We got our locks in for the week. We gave you guys even the scores. If you feel like going out there and betting, even though we don't endorse it, we don't condone it. High five in action. Rewind five. Knowledge with Nikki was amazing today. Go look up the apples and figure out how many there are. It's just unbelievable. You're never going to believe what happened. Freaky fantasy football draft, all that wonderful stuff. Now play a player. Man, did we have an awesome time. Third and three podcast again. It's always great. Every Wednesday night with Nikki, Damian, and Jason, myself. Just absolutely loving it. And now we get to chill, relax, get ready to watch Thursday night football coming up with the weekend. And then Monday night football. It's all a beautiful thing. Damian, I already can't wait for tomorrow. Even though it's Jacksonville and the Dolphins. I don't care, man. I want to watch football. I'm ready. Yeah, man. Definitely ready for this weekend. Another great episode with you guys. Like Jason said, man, it's lucky that you're getting this for free. That's right. Somebody kick us out. Who have we shouted out? Spotify, ESPN. Right? I know. Seriously. It's Minshew Magic tomorrow, right? For you, it is. You, you, it is. You're the Lone Ranger on that. Yep. Yep. That's right. Yep, thinking that the Dolphins may be hungry for that win, which I'm sure they are. But, yeah, Minshew Mania, Gardner and the Minshews, the garage rock band, you know, over there. They're doing their thing. Oh, man. Damien, keep sending out those memes, bro. We love them. It's absolutely hysterical. Absolutely hysterical. So, we're going to find out who won week three, who had the best record. We're going to find out 
who won the snake draft when everything is all said and done after Monday Night Football. This is the third and three podcast. You know where we're at. You can find me on Tuesdays, sometimes Fridays on the 49er forecast. I'll always let you know where it's at and when it's out. Nikki, you were amazing yesterday coming on, especially really with the turf. A lot of knowledge right there, things that I didn't know, things that I didn't even want to know probably, but it was very important. So that was a great job out of you. I really appreciate that. And of course, we got the real deal with Damian Adams. So Damian, tell them all about that and when it's on and where to find it. Yeah, thank you so much. The real deal with Damian Adams is going to be coming out every Sunday night or Monday morning, depending on when you update your app, uh, covering NBA, NFL, and boxing. Please check it out. Yep, you better make sure you do. You better make sure you do. He does a great job. It's hard to run a solo show. It definitely is. You got nobody to feed off of, and, you know, he does a, just, just marvelous, you know. But the three of us, it's, it's all about chemistry, man. It's too bad I failed it in high school, but now I know what it means. Chemistry is what it's all about. Three of us got it. So, again, guys, great show. Love it. We're going to see what happens tomorrow night here down in my state in Florida and northern Florida in Jacksonville, and then for the rest of the weekend, and we shall reconvene. Next week, same time, same channel. Get ready. We're coming at you. Third and three podcast. We're out for tonight. Enjoy the rest of your week.